This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We have, may have some of you watching today for the very first time. We hope that you'll stay tuned. Others watch every time we come on the air. Thank you so very much for doing so. Now today, we have a very important subject that affects the life of every person on, on planet Earth. Our, our theme is entitled, Defeating the Forces We Face. Defeating the Forces We Face. Stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we uh, continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize this course is free. We want you to have it, and, and we have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course and we want you to be a part of it as well. In order that you might know about the course and know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from the sixth chapter of Ephesians, beginning with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And that's the reading of God's word from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through verse 19. Life is a battleground, not a playground. And without the Lord, 
we will be overwhelmed and destroyed by our enemy. There are three enemies we face. There is the world. In 1 John 2, verse 15, John wrote, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. There is the world. There is the flesh. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, we are encouraged to stay away from those things that war against our souls. And there are certain fleshly things that war against our souls. We also have as an enemy Satan himself. Peter warned us about him in 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But as Christians, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from the posture of victory. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there are some things that we need to understand if we're going to win over our enemy. And simply put, Satan is our enemy. He is involved in worldly things, in fleshly things, and all other things that would overwhelm us and destroy us. And we need to understand some things about him. We need to understand who, who our enemy actually is. In verses 10 and 11, he says, Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The leader in the battle against us is the devil. He is called the devil which means the accuser, Revelation 12.10. He is called Satan in 1 Peter 5.8, which means our adversary. He is the tempter, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3. In John 8.44, Satan is referred to as a murderer and a liar. He is the father of lies. He is called in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14, an angel of light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, he is called the God of this world or of this age. We need to understand our enemy. His helpers are called principalities, powers, rulers, Spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, Satan has spiritually wicked associates in his assault on Christians. And there's a spiritual battle that is going on today in this world. And we are a part of that battle. We're not fighting each other. 
We're fighting against spiritual powers. We're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That's why I told him to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Our battle is not against one another. Our battle is against the, the, the devil and all of his associates. You see, Paul said we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not fighting each other. But we're fighting against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is a strong enemy. He is a strong enemy. But, he, but we have someone on our side who is so much stronger. And Paul said, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And we need the power of God to stand against Him. But never underestimate the power of Satan. He is compared to a lion and to a dragon. He is deadly. And Job learned what Satan can do to you, body, to your family, to your wealth, and even to your friends. He is deadly. And he's not only strong, but he is cunning and he is wise. Well, Paul warned us about the wiles of the devil in verse number 11. Now, that simply means the cunning, crafty acts or strategies of the devil. We need to understand our enemy. We need to know our enemy and how he operates. And we do have an enemy. But we need to also know that there is a way God has furnished for us to face our enemy. And he has given us the equipment that we need to go against our enemy. Inasmuch as we're fighting a battle in the spirit world, we need special equipment for both offense and defense. And we have armor to put on. But Paul did not just call it armor. In verse 11, he called it the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. And when we have on the whole armor, no place is unprotected. You see, we need to remember in the language of 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 47 that the battle is the Lord's. Now, first of all, we need to put on this armor and we put on the girdle of truth. Put on the girdle of truth. And uh, truth is so important. We defeat the lying devil with the truth. Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Once a lie gets into the life of a believer, everything else begins to fall apart. You remember that it was in the beginning of time with Adam and Eve when the Garden of Eden that Satan came into the garden in the form of a serpent with a lie. 
And he told them in reference to the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, Thou shalt not surely die. But that was not the truth. The truth was that if you eat of it, you will die. That's what God had said. And if we're going to defeat the devil, we defeat him with the, with the truth. We put on the girdle of truth. And John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. And then we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this piece of armor was made of 14 metal plates or chains and they were covered the body from, from the neck down to the waist. So the body in this part was protected. Both the front and the back were protected. And we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now where do we get that breastplate of righteousness? Well, listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we should be made the righteousness of God in him. We are made righteous in Christ. And we can live a life of righteousness. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6 and verse 33. If we're going to defeat the devil, we've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as a nation of people, may we be reminded that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And if Satan ever destroys any nation of people, it will be because they did not have their armor on. But then we put on the shoes, this is verse 15, the shoes of the gospel of peace. He says, your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, Roman soldiers wore sandals with hobnails that would give them sure footing in battle. Now, if we stand, as Paul suggests here in verse 11, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, and as he also said that we are to withstand, verse 13, and having done all to stand, if we're going to stand, then we must have on our gospel shoes. Never has there been a greater need for gospel preaching than today and yet some don't have their shoes on. When we relegate gospel preaching to the past, we have capitulated to the enemy. We need to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. And the gospel is indeed a message of peace. Not to compromise, but a gospel of peace. But then, if we're going to withstand the devil, we need to carry the shield of faith. That's down in verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the shield of faith. Now, the shield that the soldiers carried in that day was about four feet by two feet in, in, uh, uh, in the dimensions of it. And it was made out of wood. It was covered with a tough leather. 
And that would protect from the spears and the arrows and the fiery darts. And the edges of the shield were so constructed that they could interlock with other shields and they could march along like a solid wall. And we need the shield of faith. You see, that's our conquering weapon, is our faith. First John chapter 5 and 4 says, Whatsoever overcometh the world, uh, is, uh, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. What is it? Even our faith. Faith is our conquering weapon. You know, in Paul's day, sometimes those arrows would be dipped in some flammable substance and they were then ignited and they would be shot at the enemy. And they were like fiery darts or fiery arrows. And Satan has some fiery arrows or darts. And he uses these all of the time. And what will work on one might not work on another. But he has an arsenal of fiery darts that he's hurling at humanity. With some, it might be drugs. And that fiery dart is being so successful today. This is a major problem, not only in America, but almost every country throughout the world. We have gone uh, uh, the way of all the earth when it comes to the use of drugs. That is, it's scattered all over the world. And it's a problem today. That's just another of the devil's fiery darts. He, has, he uses other things such as gambling, such as pornography, such as alcohol. He uses things like cheating and lying, being unfaithful in one's marriage. Those are fiery darts. He uses gossip. He uses filthy language. All kinds of things in his arsenal. But we can defeat him. And unless we by faith quench those darts they're going to light a fire within and cause us to disobey God. Then according to verse number 17, we put on the helmet of salvation. You know, Satan attacks the mind. Isn't that what he did in Genesis chapter 3? He attacked the mind. He attacked the mind of, of Eve and then that affected the mind of Adam. And he, he, he deceives through his subtlety. And when God controls the mind, Satan cannot lead the behavior of that individual in the wrong direction. You see, we need on the helmet of salvation. We need to have it on our head. That is, we need to have it in our head. Here's a reason to study the Bible. In Psalms 119 and verse 9 through 11, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And when you have it in your heart, you have it in your head. You have it in your mind. And we need to take, put on that helmet of salvation. And we need to be having the pure word of God filtering through our minds into our hearts that will affect our lives. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So put on the helmet of salvation. Let God control your mind. And then according to verse 17 also, we take up the sword of the Spirit. Now this is our offensive weapon. And the Roman soldier 
uh, had uh, one sword that was short that he would use in fighting in close combat. And, but we have a sword. And that sword that we have is the word of the living God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And this we use to fight all our enemy. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So Paul compared the word of God to a sword in Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 12. And Jesus used the sword of the Spirit in the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And Jesus three times used the sword of the Spirit when he says, It is written, it is written, it is written. You see, the Bible is the sword that we use to ward off the attacks of Satan. While the devil can quote scripture, he did when he was tempting Jesus, but, but he doesn't quote it completely, and he doesn't quote it accurately. Satan uses the word to confuse us, and that's the reason that we need to know the Bible. Don't let the devil confuse you. Satan takes uh, verses out of context. He'll turn the word of God into a lie. But the better you know the word of God yourself, the easier it is for you to detect Satan's lies. And so what we need is that we need to take with us the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so the better you know the Bible, the easier you're going to be able to defend yourself against any misrepresentation of the Word of God. Now the whole armor of God, as described here by Paul, is but a microcosm of Jesus Christ. Now we're to take with us, uh, take upon ourselves, the, have our loins girt about with truth. Jesus is the truth. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness. He is our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And then we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He is our peace. Ephesians 2 and verse 14. And then we are to take the shield of faith. His faithfulness makes possible our faith. In Galatians 2, 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And then we're to take on us uh, the, the helmet of salvation in verse 17. He is our salvation. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, Matthew 1 and verse 21. And then we're to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, John 1 and 1. Verse 14 says in John chapter 1, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We need to put that armor on every 
day. Every day. We need to be protected against the wiles of the devil. We need to also understand that once we put that armor on, that there is certain power that is available to the Christian as we wear and use the armor. And that's verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer is the energy or the power that enables the Christian soldier to wear the armor and to use the sword. We're not going to be able to fight the, the battle today in our own power. When uh, Amalek attacked Israel, Moses went to the mountaintop to pray. And meanwhile, Joshua used the sword down in the valley. You read about that in the 17th chapter of Exodus. Paul tells us how to pray if we want to defeat the devil. He said, pray always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray with all prayer. He, he says, pray in the Spirit. Pray with your eyes open, watching thereunto. And then you keep on praying. Pray with perseverance. And then you pray for all the saints. And so we have a, de a devil that we're fighting today. But we're not fighting this battle alone. We're not fighting it alone. There are others that are fighting the same battle. And we need to be prepared and we need to be equipped as God's people to defeat Satan and, to de and destroy his work in this world. We do that not on our own power. We do that by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul again. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God for the victory that we have through Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. And so our victory is in Jesus, not in ourselves. And today I want to encourage you if you are not living the life of a child of God, to turn your back upon the world, turn your back upon this devil, and say no to him. Now and forever you say no to him. And stand up to him and say no. And you're going to give your life to Christ. You believe in Jesus. Then you repent of your sin, sins that have been against him. Be willing to confess to other people that you believe in Him and confess Him to be the Son of God for the rest of your life. And then be baptized into Jesus Christ, not because Brother Lambert says so, but because the Lord Jesus Christ said so. When He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the reason is stated in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.